we saw two fast traveling missiles racing across the desert floor and you know how dreams are you could be in one place and see something miles away that's occurring in some you know places miles away but somehow we saw these missiles traveling racing across the desert floor and they were traveling easterly and when they got to a certain point they began traveling upwards towards space so if you can imagine they're traveling straight like this really fast barely touching the ground and then they go up like just like a heat-seeking missile like they were tracking something so they were going like this and then they went up and they collided with two meteorites or two meteors um, and as they exploded a square-shaped cloud fil filled the air so you know you think you'd have this big blast but when they exploded there was a big square and inside of the square were the words happy Halloween and I can still see that in my mind um, I was wondering what in, what in the world this was all about most missiles explode, like I just said, with a lot of fire and smoke, but what we saw in the sky looked like one of those sky advertisements that the planes leave, you know, with the trail of smoke. I was wondering what this message was all about. Happy Halloween, or what did this have to do with meteors? Or detonating a missile and exploding a meteorite? Well, we went on home as I pondered this question in my mind, and on that note, I woke up. Well, last week, my six-year-old said that he dreamt a dream he said that in his dream, he saw an asteroid that was headed towards the Earth. And then, it was Halloween. I found this dream very interesting. Um, a few days later, I, I talked to him about it and asked him to give me a little bit more details if he had any. He remembered the dream, so the dream has stuck with him. And he told me exactly what he saw. He said that... Um, he, in the dream, he looked out the window and he saw an asteroid in the sky and it was headed towards the earth. Um, and he said he did not uh, feel like any shaking or anything like that. Um, I'm not sure if he saw it hit the earth or not, but I know that he said he did not feel fear. But the other thing that leads me to think that this dream could be prophetic is the fact that he said that he saw that it was Halloween time and I asked him how he knew that and he said he saw a pumpkin face on the door uh, like a decoration like a the door was like had a decoration of a pumpkin face so that's exactly what he saw he said it, he saw a comet an asteroid headed towards the earth and then then it was Halloween he knew it was Halloween time in this dream though, I was getting ready for Halloween 2020. And I was taking the stuff out of the boxes and getting it all ready. And the sign I got said Halloween 2019, or happy Halloween 2019. And I was like, well, I gotta change this. So for some reason, like everything was removable. So I dumped all of the tiles that were the different letters and numbers. And so when I flipped them back up, there was like, I couldn't make Happy Halloween 2020. Like it was Z's and X's and Y's and all kinds of weird letters. And I was like, none of these fit anymore. I can't even make the sign. The minute the finger underlined November three times, instead of tapping it, I saw a fist ball up and it hit the calendar. And literally, the calendar exploded into the wall. The numbers seemed like they were 3D and they were falling, they were just flying everywhere. And the Lord gave me this image. Uh, it was the words, New Orleans flashed three times 
one, two, three, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, and then the word exploded into pieces. And I was like, Lord, what does that even mean? So, but I already had like pumpkins out and jack-o'-lanterns and stuff like that. <clears throat> and so when I, I was trying to put them back together, like not really figuring out why I couldn't. And as I was trying to do that, I heard outside screaming and people were being chased by jack-o'-lanterns that were, that had, you know, their heads were on fire, but they weren't burning. They were just, ah, they were crazy demons, I guess, that kind of inhabited the jack-o'-lanterns and was chasing people around inside their homes. So I looked, and I guess this was in the bathroom. I looked and there was a jack-o'-lantern there that came to life, you know, or it was possessed right in front of me. And it started floating and it looked at me and it started like laughing and trying to chase me. And I was basically like, in the name of Jesus, I repent you. You will leave this house now and you will never bother us again. And, um, and I said again, in the name of Jesus, go now and it left just all of a sudden left and all of a sudden um light just came through the house like it was morning like it was literally morning just and the night was gone but then i looked out my window again and it was still dark outside and i could still see people running around being chased by these demonic entities so we're driving on this road and I'm telling you guys, like it was no cars, no noise, no people, no lights. Like it was just dark and quiet. So it was really eerie. We still driving and we end up driving in this place. It looked like an underground type facility. And as we're driving, I looked to the left and up against this corner, it looked like it was just piles of bodies just lay there. Like it just was so eerie. Like I just started seeing um, just these piles of bodies just laid on top of each other. And um, we're still driving in this I, I don't know what it was. It just looked like it was a tunnel slash underground type facility, building, factory, warehouse, whatever. I don't know what it was. And we're driving through this place. And then I saw, I see this, this white guy started walking out and it looked like the people that we saw were like zombies. Like they just looked dead. They wasn't, they just looked dead. Like there was no life in them. But this guy that walked out, it seemed like he was the only person that was really alive, like me and my husband. So at some point we ended up not being in a car anymore, but we were walking in this building. And I was really holding on to my husband because I just did not feel comfortable being in this place. So at some point, um, as we were walking, it ended up where I was on my husband's, like he was carrying me on his back. And um, 
we're still walking through this place. And as we're walking, um, it, it turned into like, it looked like it was a factory. You know, there were, uh, all kind of desks, kind of like a working office place. And, um, I don't recall seeing people. I just remember the, the building just looked vacant, but it was a bunch of, um, desks. Like you could tell it was a place where a lot of people worked, um, at, but there were no people there. And as my husband was still carrying me on his back, I'm holding on to him tight, but I'm looking around. Now here's the weird part. As I'm looking around, I start seeing these trays of treats on people's desks. And I could see cookies, I could see candy. But what was so weird to me was it was Halloween stuff. As I really started focusing in, cause it was like my eyes was like zooming into the items that I was seeing on these plates because my spirit wanted me to pick up on this stuff, what I was seeing. And um, as I was really looking, these were Halloween cookies. It was Halloween candies. It was treats. And so I remember saying to my husband, that's weird. I said, how is, I said, why is it that they have Halloween candies and treats out and it's only September? I was in the streets and there was thick mud under my feet um, and the rain started to fall and I had a sense that the storm was starting um, like how when you get a thunderstorm the rain starts to fall um, so I knew that it was just beginning I then got into a minibus um, which was outside of a party shop and in the minibus on the floor was lots of gift bags being delivered and there was a driver um, and somebody else in the van and they were going to deliver these gift bags to somebody um, that had been prepared at the party shop so I wanted to ask what the date was again obviously still wanting to know so that I could know when things are going to unfold in my daily life um, and I said are these hen party bags or bachelorette party bags and he said no they're for Halloween um, so I then said oh so it's October the 31st then because that's the date of Halloween and he said no and he kind of like was laughed at me as if I was naive for saying that and he said it's the 10th of the month before um, and obviously the month before October is September so I had an understanding that it was September the 10th. Now that's the interesting part so my husband again is still carrying me on his back but then it goes from that point to where we're sitting down somewhere. I don't know. We're still in this building, but the, the building kind of, the scenery kind of changed a little bit and we were sitting down. So my husband is literally running through this building, trying to find his way out. So forward again, um, we're in this building running. I'm still on my husband's back. He's running with me on his back. Every window that we came to, when he would point in that direction, there would be this light that would shine through the window. I mean, it was a bright light. And that's how he knew go in this direction. So we're going through these different rooms and every window that he saw, he would point to it. And it would be this brilliant light, this bright light that would shine and he would go in that direction. 
the last window we came to, I remember the light was shining so bright and he extended his, hmm, oh my gosh. I'm sorry, you guys. I just felt the Holy Spirit. When he extended his, his arm at this window, the window opened up and when the window opened up, it was like we immediately started flying out of this window. And the scenery looked so beautiful. It was peaceful. I saw flowers and the grass and the sky. It, it, it just, it almost felt unreal, but there was such a peace. Oh my gosh, it was such a peace. And um, I woke up. What I want to say is, in the dream, Satan was speaking. I knew he was locked up in chains. And he was, he was telling me how angry he was and how much he wanted to destroy us. But he wouldn't be released until after we were transformed. After the transformation had taken place, he wouldn't be released until then. And he was really angry about that. But I also knew in the dream, he kept saying that he would be released at Halloween. And, uh, and that everything would change at Halloween. At the time, I didn't believe we'd still be here for Halloween. So I took it as, uh, as being symbolic. But now I, I take it as um, being literal. So last night, I had a dream that me and my family, we were staying in an RV park. It was a nice RV park. You know those times in a dream where you just know something? You don't, nothing's telling you it, you just know automatically? Well, I knew that it was Halloween night that, at, at the time. So I remember me and my family in the dream, we held hands and we stood in a line in front of the RV of our little campsite. And we prayed. And I remember hearing a sizzling, like something burning on the ground. So I opened my eye just a little bit during our prayer. And I saw that there was a gold line being formed from the tip of our feet of where we prayed around the whole RV campsite. I didn't, I didn't really think much of it. I asked, once we were done praying, I asked my other family members if they had seen it, because I kept seeing it. But they just said, no, you're not seeing anything. There's nothing there. So I just went on. Then, out of nowhere, I hear screeching, like very loud, ear-piercing screeching. And I look up, and I see these ghosts, almost, they were like black skeletons that ended at the torso right here with the spine sticking out just as if it had been chopped off and they were covered in black rags there was two of them they were just screeching and me and my family looked up and my dad he started to like push us all behind him 
and the first one had a deep and dark voice and he shouted, why are these individuals not celebrating Halloween? The second one, his companion, had a very high-pitched and screechy voice and said, the master says to kill all those who don't obey. And they just start hurtling towards us. And I remember yanking down my father's arms to go up front and I yelled, no. And from that gold line, they like bounced off as if there was a bubble from that gold line. And the one with the screechy voice shouted and like he was outraged. He, he yelled, what was that? And his companion with the dark voice said, they serve the Lord of the skies. We shall return. The third one shall die. And with that, they just flew off. But the voice, the way they spoke was not English. It was a demonic language. I'm not going to repeat the words, but I understood it in my dream. I looked to my family and they were confused as if they did not understand. I told them what they had said, but somehow we didn't think much of it. We thought, okay, the Lord's protecting us. We have faith. That, that's, that's the end of it. But I remember thinking, what did they mean by the third one shall die? I, I didn't understand. But the dream went on and we were just doing things and my dad said, hey guys, the plumbing in the RV is not working. And my brother said, but I really have to go to the bathroom. So my mom said, okay, just go to the outhouse. You know how in the RV parks, there's like a little outhouse where there's showers and bathrooms. Well, that's where he went. But a few minutes after my brother left for that outhouse, I heard screeching, like from before. I looked to my family members and they act as if they hear nothing. I keep hearing the screeching and then with wide eyes, I turn to my mother and she begins to hear it as well. And I repeat what they had said, the third one shall die. My brother is the third one born among me and my siblings. That's, that's what they had meant. Edwin had, my brother had left the safety of the bubble that we had prayed for. So, and my, my father, he had overheard, so he sprinted toward the outhouse and I watched from the bubble because my mom kept me and my sister in there. And my father comes back out holding my brother who was unconscious and limp, you know, like running to, to get back to the bubble. And I see the two ghosts, the demons from earlier. They were flying towards them with a speed so fast. But then there was a light, a beam of light, so bright, illuminating the within yards of its distance, came from the sky and an angel appeared. He wore the full armor of God and he just seemed to glow with this holy and pureness and both the ghosts stopped. My father turned around, still holding my brother, to see what was going on. 
and I remember just standing there in awe, along with me and my, sis my sister and my mother. And the angel asked them, why are you attacking the individuals who serve the Almighty? And the first demon, the one with the dark voice, said, they are not celebrating Hallow's Eve. They must be punished. And the second one, his companion, added, by the order of the leader of hell. Just like that. And the ground shook. And with behind the two um, ghosts rose from the ground hundreds of more of their kind. They were all screeching, shouting in their demonic language, things like, long live the king of darkness, I remember hearing. And the angel shakes his head in disappointment. And then the ghosts surge forward. And at that moment, the angel rose his shield. And even though the shield only covered from mid-face to his knees, there was as if a bubble covered the whole half of the campsite. But instead of bouncing off like they had with our bubble, they disintegrated into ash. And after all of that was done, after they were all disintegrated, after they all were swept away by the power of faith, which is the shield of faith, the angel turns to me and my family and he says, thank you for not participating or celebrating Hallow's Eve. And my dream ends. I now know that even dressing up is participating in Halloween. So then as we were um, walking out to take some boxes to the uh, moving truck, I could hear, I could hear Satan's uh, voice speaking to me. And he was saying, I had a sense that he was locked up in chains and he couldn't get free. And he was saying that, um, that he wanted to destroy us, but he couldn't. And he wanted to be free, but he wouldn't be free until we were, um, until we were changed. And I knew for some reason in the dream that we were going to be changed to be like Christ. And I began thanking God and praising God that, that he would allow us to do Christ's work on the earth, to do the greater works, to, to finish what, um, what Jesus started on the earth and to harvest it. So I knew that soon, I knew it was just like any minute that we were about to be changed to be like Christ. And the devil knew that once we were changed, he would be free of his chains. But he knew that once we were changed, he wouldn't be able to do anything to us. And that made him really upset. He was really angry about that. And he kept saying something about Halloween, about being free 
about things changing for him around Halloween. And I was thinking that could be symbolic of just like the the tribulation time because um you know the demons just like on Halloween when there's like it seems like the demons are running about like they're like they're free they've been conjured up or whatever or in the tribulation um the earth's just going to be filled with with demons hi and thank you for watching this video I think you will agree that the information that our Heavenly Father has shared with many of His children regarding Halloween in 2020 is quite profound. I would also like to point out that when one understands the harvest and temple models as provided to us in the Word of God, it is perfectly clear and obvious to understand what was said in this portion of one of the dreams that were shared. And his companion with the dark voice said, They serve the Lord of the skies. We shall return. The third one shall die. And with that, they just flew off. But the voice, the way they spoke was not English. It was a demonic language. I'm not going to repeat the words, but I understood it in my dream. I looked to my family and they were confused as if they did not understand. I told them what they had said, but somehow we didn't think much of it. We thought, okay, the Lord's protecting us, we have faith, that, that's, that's the end of it. But I remember thinking, what did they mean by the third one shall die? I, I didn't understand. The third one points to the third portion of God's faith harvest, as well as the outer court of His temple, that will have to die during the tribulation to remain holy to God, as per His instructions in the book of Leviticus. It saddens me to see that even though this series in which the patterns that our Heavenly Father has given us to correctly understand His faith harvest and the order that is associated with the resurrection of the dead have been available since June 2018, but that there have been less than 30,000 people who have even watched the first video. If you have not seen it yet, I plead with you to watch it. Our enemy has also been pointing to this date and what follows in the imagery that is portrayed on the cover of The Economist magazine that was published in 2016 the tower card at the top left shows a piece of paper nailed to a door giving us the date to which this card applies. It points us to the date on which Martin Luther pinned his 95 Theses on the Roman Catholic Church doors. This happened on October 31st, or on Halloween. You will see that there is a storm overhead, and that when lightning strikes it splits the tower into two, and there are ten flames that rise from the ruins when this happens. In some of my previous videos, we looked at this event that would seem to be represented by a massive asteroid impact that will split many parts of the earth, and that will see the resurrection of the dead together with demonic creatures being released onto the earth. The same image is shown to us in the iPetco 2 animation, although the imagery is slightly different, um, but we see here an explosion from which 10 black birds will rise, and we know that this represents the tower card, which is associated with October 31st, or Halloween. In the iPetco 2 animation, we know that this event, which is expected on Halloween of 2020, will first be preceded with an economic collapse and war coverage that will lead to this point in time where Satan will be released from his chains and where those that belong to Jesus will be changed into glorified beings, to be as Jesus. 
When we consider the situation in the world and look back over the events that transpired during January to September of 2020, there are certain notable aspects that are clearly linked to scripture and that clearly stand out when we consider this period of time. The announcement of the deal of the century saw an economic downturn and a lockdown that followed it almost as if this was a birth bang that came about as a result of those who rule this world making their intentions known to God that they plan to divide God's land. Just as the first birth pang subsided and where people started coming out of the lockdown, the next step in this process is taken, where Israel embarked on a path that will eventually lead to the destruction of the world. This was when they entered into a peace agreement with two Arab states, and although God's land has not been officially divided yet, I believe this first step will be followed with a more severe judgment being poured out over the world than that which we have seen between January and September, and that very tough times await the world between now and November. From what we have read in the news, it would seem that this final act of this rebellion against God will occur shortly before the elections in the USA, where it is reported that Trump plans a peace extravaganza at the White House in the week before the elections. This would of course align with the time of Halloween, and I have the suspicion that this will be the event during which God's land will officially be parted, invoking God's swift judgment over those who have given the nations of the world over to the ways of darkness, and who have committed the ultimate rebellion against God by breaking God's promise to Israel regarding the land that God gave them to be their exclusive property. Coming back to the cover of the Economist magazine, you will see that the judgment card follows the tower card which is associated with October 31st. And on this card, Trump is depicted as the ruler of the world, and ultimately responsible for the judgment that will follow, involving the entire world. It is however also interesting to note that if one considers the real judgment card and what is depicted on it, you have this where you see the angel of God blowing the trump of God and the dead being resurrected. This event would seem to be aligned with the date of November 1st, and it is then interesting that Trump and the CDC have both asked states in the US to be ready to begin the distribution of the CV-19 vaccine on this date, the purpose of which will be to alter people's DNA and to remove the image of God from those that remain behind. This is pointed out to us in the dream that Nebuchadnezzar received and which Daniel explained to him regarding the final kingdom in which ten rulers of mixed makeup will rule over the world. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. The same message is also repeated in the Magician card, where we see the magician printing 3D houses and having a virtual reality headset on, pointing us to new temples or new bodies that will be created by this mark that will be given to people, and people finding them in a new reality. And this will ensure that those who take this mark will also no longer be a habitation for the Holy Spirit. From what we have seen in the news, November 1st is associated with this card as well. Then we have the death card, where we see death on a horse and an explosion in the background, and drought and food shortages also depicted on this card. The day of the dead falls on November 2nd, and this card points us to that date, from the dreams that we have considered, we know that the asteroid impact is associated with the period of Halloween to November 1st, and the disappearance of many people from the earth, as well as the deaths of many 
who will be affected by the impact of this asteroid. The Wheel of Fortune card shows us the same storm as on the Tower card, and also the elections that will be held in the US on November 3rd, with politicians being the focus of this judgment, and possibly being lynched by the mobs who will rise up in protest. In the Hermit card there are large crowds marching in protest, and the European Union would seem to no longer exist at this point. We also see that the Earth is represented with a large crack through it, and this pointing us to the asteroid impact that will cause a worldwide earthquake, that will also cause very large cracks in the crust of the Earth, based on the dreams and visions that many of God's children have received. The position of the Moon in the constellation Leo, as shown on this card, points to November 21st, and this would seem to be the date on which the world will be introduced to the light of Lucifer, or where the Antichrist will step onto the scene as world ruler in a one-world government. I have previously pointed out how our Heavenly Father had drawn me to some of the prophecies that were given through Ken Peters, and even though Ken has some beliefs that many of us may not agree with, it does not mean that we should not listen to what the Lord is warning him and those who have ears to hear about. We have to remember that God only has sinners to choose from when he gives prophetic words to his people, and there is nobody who is perfect. So if a person's doctrine differs from yours, then that may be the very reason why God has given them a prophetic word, to serve as a warning to them and all those who follow in their footsteps. Who would you rather give a warning to? A person who has his seatbelt on and driving at the correct speed limit? or a person who has no regard for his own safety or that of others, and driving over the speed limit, we should never reject a message from our Heavenly Father based on the qualities or beliefs of the person who received that message, but we should test the message and compare it to what is written in the Word of God. Something that stood out for me from the prophecies that were given through Ken is the date of November 1st, that our Heavenly Father calls the day of separation, where his people will be called out from the world to be sanctified and to be separate from this world, and how this is also called a true New Times, New Testament, Passover deliverance that will come over each of God's children. Please listen to these clips in which these are mentioned. It is time you become a serious people, for Satan has desired to send scorpions and demonic beings to bite the people of God to get them to doubt my goodness through a lack of separation. This is a day of separation, says the Lord. I called you to be a sanctified people. Come out. Come out from this world and be separate. Set aside these things that trip you up and do the things that make your Lord a Lord of pleasure for you. A master who smiles when he looks upon you when you work. No, your work shall never ever obtain your salvation but your earthly works will determine the pleasure of the king and where you are in the midst of his presence. Soon you will begin to understand the very power of your worship and how it shatters spiritual realms and breaks principalities' backs. For great darkness has been sent upon your land. For those in high civil authorities have given this nation over to the ways of darkness. But I, the Lord, will redeem my people. I did not come to redeem governments. I did not come to exalt nations. I came to covenant with the people that are called out. So be ye the called out ones, says the Lord. And make a fresh covenant with me today. Rend your hearts before me, all of you, regardless of how well you know me, or how long you've walked with me, or how deep you've gone with me, or how you've served me. 
This is a holy day, a holy day among you that you will never forget as time progresses. As time begins to come faster and faster, you will look back on this day, the first day of this month, November, the first day of this month, November. You will look back even as the clocks were changed and time began anew, and you will say, that was the day of a holy convocation, the day the Lord set me aside and chose me for a special work. Rend your heart, says the Spirit of grace and supplication. You have all been through the time of preparation. A quite lengthy time to make you ready. Just as the children of Israel were made ready in Egypt, just as Joshua readied the people for three days before crossing the Jordan, just as the church was made ready in the upper room, so have I been preparing you, Jubilee. For certainly a work, an outpouring, a movement of my grace, power, and spirit is now ready to come upon each of you. A true New Times, New Testament Passover deliverance is coming upon each of you. You each shall experience as Israel did. You each shall overcome your enemies as Israel did. You each shall plunder this world's economic system as Israel did. You each shall receive strength and wholeness where you were once feeble as Israel did. You shall accept my wonder-working power as Israel did. I have been asking the Lord about this and how to understand what he meant with a Passover event that would seem to be associated with November 1st, and if he could provide me with confirmation of this understanding, if my understanding was correct. And our Heavenly Father told me, In the days of the Son of Man, it will be as in the days of Noah. And then he gave me Second Chronicles 30, and said, Apply this to the days of Noah. In Luke chapter 17 we read the following, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. We also know from the Bible that during the days of Noah, the first month of the year was Tishri, and this only changed to become the seventh month when God gave His law to Moses. And we know that during the days of Noah, the flood began around the end of October to the start of November. So let us look at what our Heavenly Father showed me in His Word regarding this through Second Chronicles 30. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah, and wrote letters also to Ephraim and to Manasseh, that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel, and his princes, and all the congregation in Jerusalem, to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time, because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently, neither had the people gathered themselves together to Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation. So they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, 
that they should come to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem. For they had not done it of a long time in such sort as it was written. So the posts went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the hand of the kings of Assyria. And be not like your fathers, and like your brethren, which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as ye see. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified for ever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if ye turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn away his face from you, if ye return unto him. So the posts passed from city to city, through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah the hand of God was to give them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and all the altars for incense took they away, and cast them into the brook Kidron. Then they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed, and sanctified themselves, and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received of the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for every one that was not clean, to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim, and Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon every one that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. You will see that there are actually many end-time references in this passage that align with what we read in the New Testament. First, we see the remnant mentioned that are escaped from the king of Assyria. And we know that the king of Assyria is a reference to the Antichrist. Those who will escape from him are those who will be raptured before he begins his three and a half year rule over the earth. We also see people being sent out to invite the tribes of Israel to turn back to the Lord and to come and celebrate Passover. 
But many did not listen and scoffed and mocked at this. This we also see in the following passages from the New Testament, which would seem to be reflecting what happened during this event that forms part of Israel's history. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Then we see that there were many at this Passover event who failed to sanctify themselves, which also points to those who will be standing before the Lord with soiled robes when He comes for us and who will offer Him their good works which they added to their faith in Him as reason for entry into the kingdom. These are the ones who will become the third one that will be killed after the rapture, as we have heard in one of the Halloween dreams. And we also read about this in the book of Revelation, telling us about those who were not ready and standing before our Redeemer in a robe that consisted only of the righteousness of Jesus. Because they added their own righteousness to that of Jesus and relied on the combination of their faith in Jesus and the works that they did for Jesus to earn them entry into heaven, they will be required to first wash those robes in the blood of the Lamb during the tribulation to make them perfectly white, and then will they be allowed into the kingdom. During this time, however, believers and unbelievers alike will be tempted by the enemy to accept his mark in their bodies, and if they do accept his mark, they will forfeit their salvation. They will have their name blotted out from the Lamb's book of life, and they will become the eternal property of Satan, because they will allow the image of God to be removed from their DNA, and their body, which is the temple of God, to be turned into a den of vipers. It is so important to understand this, but so many simply do not see this being clearly pointed out by the word of God. And many also believe that a saved person completely loses their ability to choose once they have received salvation. This is a lie from the enemy to trick people into falling for his deception and to remove the fear of God from people's relationship with our Heavenly Father. Salvation is certainly very simple, but it is not cheap. God gave his life for every person who will accept his free gift to them. But if they use their salvation as a ticket to get out of jail, or if they believe that their own works will make them more acceptable in the eyes of the Lord, then they may be disappointed when the rapture occurs, because Jesus will tell them, I never knew you. The rapture is a reward for those who are known by our Heavenly Father, who have an intimate relationship with Him, and whose desire, above all, is only for Him. Nothing that this world can offer would be more important to them. Those who are not in an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father, but who have received salvation, may still be left behind when the rapture occurs, not because they were not truly saved, but because our Redeemer has to leave a portion of His harvest behind, that will be given over to the poor and the stranger. And He has also given us the criteria by which He will separate between the final two portions of His harvest in His Word. Those who remain behind will become the third part of the faith harvest, and they will have to be killed if they want to remain holy to God. 
Once again, if you do not understand these concepts, please watch the series on the rapture for which a link is provided in the description. Coming back to the Passover of 2 Chronicles 30, I thought, if this Passover was held on the 14th day of the second month, and I have to apply this to the days of Noah, then I would need to see on which day the 14th day of the second month will fall in 2020, using the civil calendar. Now on the Hebrew calendar that is used, the spiritual year starts in March or April, with the month of Nisan. But the civil calendar, which was the calendar that applied during the days of Noah, the first month would be that of Tishri. So if we look at the 14th day of the second month, or the month of Heshvan, on the civil calendar in 2020, we land with no surprise whatsoever on the day that starts at October 31st at sunset and concludes at sunset on November 1st, once again confirming everything that we looked at in this video. Now I know that the majority of those that have watched this video up to this point will say to themselves or others, nobody knows the day or the hour, not even Jesus. But I would like to ask you, do you know what you are saying if you say that Jesus does not know this information? You are saying that Jesus in his glorified state at the right hand of the Father is not God, and that is not recognizing him for who he really is. Secondly, if we include everything that is written in God's word to us, we will know about Amos 3 verse 7, in which he tells us the following. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. If we concluded that Jesus will come for us unannounced when the rapture takes place, are we truly believing what his word tells us in Amos 3? Will he rapture us without telling us about the timing of this event before it happens? And if he reveals this information to us, he also tells us where to look. He will give the timing of this event to us through a prophecy. And in this video we have seen several in which we are told when to expect our appointment with our Redeemer in the air. Also, if we tell ourselves and others that nobody knows the day or the hour, or that this is information that only the Father will ever know, do you believe that those who say this will ever lift a finger to search the secret out? This would seem to be a forbidden territory for many because they do not like the disappointment that comes with being wrong about dates. But we are told to endure until the end, and with endurance comes patience, and with patience comes revelation and reward. Only those who run in the race to win it stand a chance to receive a crown, and those who refuse to participate have lost even before they started. In this regard, I am not referring to salvation, but to the crowns that await those who focus on the finish line and who compete to win the prize. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Our Heavenly Father also tells us the following. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. If we are not going to search out God's secrets, then the chances that we will discover them will be zero. But if we diligently searched and were constantly asking and pleading with our Heavenly Father to reveal His secrets to us, then the Bible tells us that our Heavenly Father considers us kings, and that those who do will also have their search rewarded with an amazing discovery that will give those with eyes to see and ears to hear great hope as the day of our blessed hope approaches. 
I am not perfect and I could be wrong, but I believe there are difficult times before us, and the evidence before us seems to point to a massive collapse of the world economy, followed by a very devastating war, from which the new world order will rise, once the rapture has removed those that are known by God from the earth. This will also remove the restraints from Satan to rule over the earth, without limitations, and the time of his release would seem to point to Halloween this year. I hope this video will bless you and I would like to ask that you please download this video and share it with others and on other social platforms if you can, so that more people's eyes can be opened to the truth of God's word and that more will be prepared to meet our Redeemer in the air when the time comes. The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will receive salvation. Have you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you placed all of your trust in Him to save you from your sins? Jesus shed His precious blood on the cross to set you free from sin, and your sins being washed away and you becoming a fellow heir with Christ as a son or daughter of God is a free gift to anyone who will accept. The only way in which you can obtain this gift is through faith. You cannot earn it, and you cannot pay God back for it once you have it. Would you not accept His gift of eternal life to you today, while there is still time to do so? Do not trust in your own works to save you, even if those works are the works that you do under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will receive all the glory for every person that He saved, and we can only offer Him our gratitude and worship. Jesus' suffering on the cross is a picture difficult to understand. He was betrayed by a friend, arrested and falsely sentenced to death. He was beaten and whipped, a crown made of thorns pressed into his head. Bearing the cross, he stumbled and staggered up the hill to Golgotha. Each step of the journey getting worse, spit on, cursed and mocked. But Jesus never looked back. He kept going. Jesus could have avoided the cross, called down fire from heaven, or summoned legions of angels to rescue him, to save him. But Jesus was not interested in saving himself. He was all about saving you. Every detail of this torturous path to the cross was part of God's plan to bring you to him. We're all broken. We've all messed up and have all made wrong choices. And no one had to teach us as a baby about anger and selfishness. We just came out that way, sort of a sin covering. But on the cross, with his blood he shed, the Bible says Jesus blotted out our record of sin, nailing it to his cross. The blood of Jesus washes away our sin covering. And his blood is our ticket. Our ticket to enter through a new door, a forever relationship door with God. So what do we do with this great news? The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, it's not enough to believe in Jesus with just your head. You must believe with your heart. Now, there's just one person alone at the foot of the cross. It is you. What will you say to Jesus? Say, thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. I'm giving you my heart today, Jesus. 
I do believe you died for me and that you were raised from the dead for me. Please give me a new heart and a new life right now. God hears you and he is answering your prayer. The love of God is being poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank you.